This Psychic Spectrum Radio Show podcast is brought to you by the producers of SP3 CBD oils, designed to assist you with your health issues ranging from pain, carcinoma, fibromyalgia, diabetes, neuropathy, and so much more. Find out more information at 253-297-7074 or on their website, sp3cbd.info. Hey, welcome once again to the Psychic Spectrum Radio Show. This is Skip. And Sharon, the princess of chocolate, sprinkles, and everything sweet. And together we are the Psychic Spectrum. We are. We are. And we have a guest today that we are just thrilled to have. His name is Benjamin Radford. He is with the Skeptical Inquirer. He is a many, many... Uh, introductory things that I can say about him, and we'll get into that in a moment. But we want to welcome you to today's show. Um, Together, we would hope to bring information to people is what we are all about. And we always, our motto is, if you, if my motto anyhow, if I can say say one thing or show you one thing that blows your dress up, then that makes everybody happy. That's his motto. And Sharon has some shout outs she wants to do today. I got some stuff I want to say. All right, let it go. Today is an eight day, you know, so that's all about balancing abundance and and spirituality. So make it a fun day, whatever you do. All right. Don't be afraid to, to, if you want something, to go buy it because you do deserve it. Um, Also, what about those Seahawks? Yeah. Was that that cool or what? Incredible game. That was a good game. And. Mercury is still retrograde, so I'm hoping everybody is doing quite well with that process. I mean, you know, it's it's amplified according to my um, astrologer, uh, Doug. So it's going to be a rough ride, so buckle your seatbelts and, and get ready for the rest of the time. I believe it's November 20th or 21st. It goes direct. 21st. Yeah, so we, at least it'll get done right before Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and my shout-outs. I want to say hi to Patty, Sylvia, Winter Ray, Anne in Hawaii, Charlie, Charles, um, Linda, and Nancy, and all my podcast and archive people and all the people that come on, on our showcase on Wednesday night. I call them my peeps. I love you all. That's right. This is good. We're moving along fast today. So let's let's do this. Let's cut to our commercials that we're going to show here for a couple of uh, commercials. Our sponsors, and get right back with our guest, Benjamin Radford. This is the Psychic Spectrum Radio Show on 1150 AM KKNW, and we will return in just a moment. Ginger's Pet Rescue is one of the largest nonprofit pet rescue organizations in Washington State, specializing in saving death row dogs. As of this airing, Ginger's Pet Rescue has saved well over 17,000 dogs. Go to the website and find an adoption event near you. You can also volunteer to help at events, or you can foster a dog until they can be adopted. Ginger's Pet Rescue is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and accepts your tax deductible donations. The website again is Ginger's Are you looking for a new home? Is it time to move? To get what you want in today's fast-paced real estate market, you need Ron Blood of Berkshire Hathaway. With decades of experience, he offers you the personalized service you need and deserve when shopping for a new home. Ron Blood is a real estate agent, and he has his finger on the pulse of Pacific Northwest's real estate market. From Vancouver to Blaine and from Wenatchee to Gig Harbor, Ron Blood will work tirelessly and get you into the ideal home that fits your needs 
your budget, and your dreams. And if you haven't been pre-qualified yet, Ron will help you get pre-qualified so you have a distinct advantage over other buyers. Ron Blood will help make your offer stand out. Whether you're looking for a place to raise your family, find your dream home, or even downsize so you can settle in for retirement, Ron Blood of Berkshire Hathaway is there to help you find it. Contact Ron Blood of Berkshire Hathaway at 206-660-2884. That's 206-660-2884. He's also on Facebook. Just look for Ron Blood of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, welcome back to the Psychic Spectrum Radio Show with Skip and Sharon. And we have a guest today named Benjamin Radford from the Skeptical Inquirer. And I've been talking with him off air, and he is a delight. I love his voice. Yes. And I've got to do this. I, I know this is a no-no on radio to do this this oh long or gosh. this much, but I Why am going to do it. Why do you always do that? Because I have to let I have to qualify this in people's minds. We are an alternative talk radio station. Yes. And... You and I are psychics and mediums, and we've done this for, well, we've been married for 45 years in about Almost. in about 22 days. Yeah. And <laughs> our guest today is Benjamin Radford. He is the deputy director of the Skeptical Inquirer Science Magazine. He's also a research fellow with a nonprofit educational organization, which is the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry. Now, I got to admit, I am reading this from your website, Benjamin, because you and I and Sharon have never met, we've never talked, and I know I know a little bit about you. Like we said during the break, we've watched you on TV, and uh, don't say we. I don't. Other, other, oh, you were there. Was I there? Yeah, but you was also I there? You, was I was I really there? You graduated magna cum laude with a bachelor's degree in psychology from the U- University of New Mexico. You have a master's degree in education from the University of Buffalo member of Phi Beta Kappa Society, the American Folklore Society, the International Society for Contemporary Legend Research, among many other things. You've written thousands of articles. I know you've written at least 12 books. I think you have more than that, don't you? Yeah, I think it's up to 13 now, but I can't keep up on my website. So. Yeah, yeah. My gosh, I am humbled already. Oh, yeah. And you've also worked for as a columnist for Live Science Magazine, Discovery News, Skeptical Inquirer Magazine, and the Skeptical Briefs Newsletters. Um, you've created a, a game, a board game called Playing Gods. It's the board <laughs> game of di- divine domination. Oh, wow. And you've made two short films. You're one of the few world's science-based paranormal investigators and you've done first-hand research into mysterious phenomena in 16 countries and four continents i think when you said that i do remember this wonderful gentleman yeah and he's been on good morning america the travel channel destination unknown discovery channel history channel um the national geographic channel i mean i could go on and on and and like almost every major cbc bbc cnn i mean i could go on and on i still want your autograph yeah (laughs) That'd be awesome, but it, it, it's exhausting just hearing hearing you describe me. I know. I was gonna it, say, my goodness, but, and, and and you're only twenty, right? Yeah. <laughs> like and see, now you want, now you understand why I wanted to read all this to yeah. tell everybody this man is probably the most qualified. I would think so. to talk on the subjects that he does, which and, is uh, the, investigating the paranormal, wow, and the metaphysical. I'm impressed. And, I mean, one thing that. I got to ask, I go back to the beginning, I have so many questions. Tell us how you got into this in the first place. 
Well, um, I I got into it uh, basically by being a curious teenager. Um, I grew up here in New Mexico, where I am now, and I, when I was growing up in in my early teens, um, I would see these TV shows. Uh, this was in the in the seventies and eighties, uh, seeing TV shows and books and magazines, and there were all sorts of um, Amazing stories, you know. There are stories about uh, the Bermuda Triangle and Bigfoot and UFOs, and and Uri Geller was, of course, really big at the time. Oh and, yeah, and uh, and all these sorts of things. And and as a teenager, I was just fascinated by these stories because they're just so interesting. And you know, on TV, and you know, Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious America, mm. uh, Mysterious Universe, and all these. Um, and so I would, I would, uh, I remember very clearly. I was, uh, I would, I would during the summertime, I would go and take my allowance money from doing the chores, and I'd go to a local used bookstore, and I'd plunk down a couple dollars and walk home with a bunch of books. <laughs> and I was just fascinated by, you know, all the all the weird, you know, mysterious things going on in the world. Um, and, you know, I would buy books on, for example, I remember one time I, I bought books on uh, on Viking runes. Uh, and there was this really interesting book that was illustrated about, you know, this, this Viking rune means this, and this Viking rune means this, and... They started talking about the the tarot and things like that, um, and um, and so I, I started reading about these things, and it was all I was just fascinated by them, and I even made my own runes. I remember going to a there's a clay pottery place nearby, and I I bought like you know five pounds of clay or something, and I made these <laughs> little runes in my in my back, and I would I would carve them into them with a little little butter knife. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reading the instructions, and then after a while, I, I was I was thinking to myself, well, how, how does this writer know this? Because it would say, for example, well, you know, you, you cast these runes, you put it in a bag, and you pull some out, and you put them in front of you, and depending on the direction and this and that, and it was all very, it was all very well explained. But I I started said, well, hold on, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not saying that's not right, but how do I know that's right? I mean, what if what if the the writer got it wrong? Where did they get their information? Did somebody test this? You know, where is it? Just you know, they say you know it is said that, right. or or and so I sort of I started questioning, uh, not so much the legitimacy of these these things, but just sort of trying to understand you know how how would we know this right? And so um, so I, I began sort of taking a more questioning attitude. Uh, throughout my teen years and, and going into college and you know getting getting a degree in psychology and these sorts of things and trying to explore the mysteries the mysteries around us ranging you know, everything from ghosts to to psychic detectives to you know monsters and things like that mm-hmm. but through a distinctly um, science-based lens and trying to say okay well there are lots of of you know mysterious or unexplained things that are out there that people believe in, um, and then the question is, well, are they real? And just because lots of people believe in it doesn't mean that it's necessarily real. It doesn't mean it's not real, but it just it just means that just just because something just because a lot of people believe something uh, doesn't make it so. And of course, we see this all the time, you know, yeah. in in the radio and and, and the media. So that's what sort of got me. Uh, interested in trying to examine these mysteries from a, a science-based perspective and sort of a, a bringing an empirical approach to it and saying, okay, um, you know, what is the evidence for this? And so I didn't, I didn't go into trying to debunk or disprove, uh, and I didn't go into trying to prove it either. I just went into it saying, 
hey, this is interesting. This is this is apparently unexplained. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is the, what is the evidence for this in terms of the, the science and right. uh, and trying to parse out you know truth from f- uh, fiction things like that. So that that's basically what got me into it. Well, you know, that's that's interesting because I. When we got into the metaphysical after my near-death experience on my motorcycle accident, I still remain a skeptic, and Mm -hmm. I want to see proof. We've had people over the decades, we've had people come to us and make all kinds of claims. We've had people say, oh, I can cure cancer. And I say, good, show me the doctor reports before, show me the person, and show me the reports after, and then we'll talk. Right. I want to see evidence of it. And one of the things that we do, well, two of the things we do, we do a psychic showcase every Wednesday here in, in Fife. It's a little town between Seattle and Tacoma. And we have a panel of psychics and astrologers, and everybody gets a free reading, but we bring in a speaker every week to talk Generally. to them. <laughs> and, and Yeah, and talk, to, talk about their specialty or what they know, what they've done, how, what their practice is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... And we've had a lot of people come on there that just make claims and they speak, but we've had a lot of people come on and they show you how they do what they do. And there's still a lot of it's, it's where it's left up to the individual in the audience to make up their own mind. But it's like I said, if we show you one thing that helps, then we've done our job. You sure. know, and, and so it's, I think skepticism is a good thing and we practice it in, in everything that we do. And I, I have to say, we're really proud of our reputation that we make sure that we don't present people who get up there and say, I have a third eye that's I can blink it when I want uh, to. We try our best. <laughs> right. Yeah, has, we try our best. Yeah. Th- there's been two that got through my radar. Yeah. But but they didn't last long. I like the fact that you approach us from a science based, which is an actual, in my layman's terms, a physical way to look at something. Mm-hmm. And prove, disprove, or I don't know, uh, justify um, some things. Now, one of the things that I read on your website here was solving the mysteries of the Santa Fe courthouse ghost in 2007. So, can you tell us a little bit about that and how you did it? Oh, sure. That's uh, that's actually one of my one of my most famous <laughs> investigations, actually. Um, yeah, it was it was a fun story. So basically. Uh, what happened was that it was in um, it was in 2007, mm-hmm. in uh, mid June actually, and it was here in here in uh, New Mexico. So I, I live in Albuquerque, which is uh, probably most famous for uh, Breaking Bad and Bugs Bunny. Uh, you know, <laughs> left hand turn in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Santa Fe is the capital of the state, and it's about an hour north of here. Uh, and it was at a courthouse in um, in, in Santa Fe, which is a course, uh, I think it's the 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 the, uh, the oldest capital in the Southwest. Oh. Um, and there was a uh, there was a, a camera pointed at the the, uh, the first judicial district courthouse, um, and I didn't really hear about it until a reporter from the Santa Fe uh, New Mexican contacted me and said, "Hey, you know, there's this weird." There's this weird story going around. What do you think about it? And I, I was like, well, I, I never even heard about it. So he sent me a link, and he says, yeah, people are, it's this crazy thing. So uh, there was a, a deputy named Alfred Arana uh, who, saw, who was looking at the surveillance footage outside the, the judicial complex uh, and saw this weird glowing thing that uh, many people interpreted as a ghost. 
Uh, and um, and so the reporter asked me. He said, "Well, you know, you do investigations," and I said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, you know, what do you think it is?" And I said, "Well, I, I don't know." It was at, at the time. Uh, I, I looked at on YouTube. I think there was like a hundred thousand views or something. So just it was just blowing up. Everybody and their cousin, you know, had some opinion on it. Uh, and so I said, "Okay, well, you know, let, let me give it a shot. It's it's basically in my backyard." Um, and so I watched the the video a couple times, and it's it's unfortunate that we're sort of uh, we're 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 uh, on um, radio and voice instead of visual because I can show it to you, but you can you can find it online. It's not hard to find. Uh, but there were all sorts of different theories on it. Some people thought it was uh, some people thought it was a hoax. Uh, some people thought that somebody had tried you know shined a light on this one camera for unknown reasons. I mean, it, it happened at 7.50 in the morning, and it was, I mean, there's just, there's no reason why anybody would try and shine a light at a camera at, outside a courthouse. I mean, it just didn't really make sense. So other people thought it was uh, some sort of a bug or insect. Some people thought it uh, the biggest, the, the, the main explanation was, of course, that it was a ghost. Uh, and uh, so there were theories that maybe it was the ghost of some um, uh, somebody who had been killed there, uh, like maybe there was a shootout at the courthouse or something. Mm-hmm. Other people said that maybe it was an Indian burial ground, which is of course a, a long-standing <laughs> yeah. trope. And yeah. of course, it's you know it, it's 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 always and I'm, I'm always slightly amused when I hear that because I mean basically all of North America is a Native American burial ground. I mean, <laughs> point true. to me somewhere where somebody didn't didn't die, whether it was 50 years ago or 200 years ago. I mean it's. So it's kind of it's kind of a, a non-starter there. So, anyway, long story short, um, I, I watched the video and and I had a couple of hypotheses. So you know, when when I begin investigating a uh, a case, I try the first thing I do is is you know when possible interview witnesses and look at the evidence. And in this case, of course, we had a videotape. It wasn't just you know somebody said they saw something you know three right. years ago. Right. Who knows? Not so, just hearsay. Exactly, exactly. So here we actually had something that I could, that could be independently verified. Uh, and we, and so I could, I could verify that something was there. I mean, the, the question wasn't, is there some weird glowing thing on the camera? Because, of course, there is. The question is, what is that weird glowing thing on the camera? So mm-hmm. uh, I'll spare you all the details. So basically I had, I had narrowed it down to three or four likely, uh, likely things. One was cottonwood fluff. There are a lot of cottonwood trees out here. Uh, and pretty, even that that time of year, often they they will float in the air, and and when you see them just out out you know in the parks or something, they're they're pretty obviously just floating cottonwood. But if you saw it on a camera at a certain angle with light catching it, it you know it might look unusual. Uh, another possibility was that it was um, some sort of bug or insect crawling on the lens, and I had I had uh, investigated a couple of cases where that where that was what what the answer turned out to be that it wasn't a ghost, it was an insect on the lens. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a couple other ones. And of course, you know, one possibility is uh, that it could be a ghost. And so, mm-hmm. but I, as an investigator, I have to take the most likely ones first and then sort of work my way down. And if I can rule out the most likely ones, then, you know, as I think Sherlock Holmes said that, you know, <laughs> once you've ruled out all the other explanations, what you're left with is, is it has to be it. So um, I did some experiments. So I drove up there um, and uh, I had to go around the same time because you can't it, you can't just go you know again the original <laughs> yeah you, yeah you can't just go I, you, I couldn't wait two weeks or you know when it's warmer right. <laughs> I mean yeah. it had happened just uh, a couple days earlier 
And so I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I had to be there at 7.15 in the morning to try and duplicate that. So uh, I did a couple experiments. Again, I'll spare you all the details. It is mentioned, you can find articles online about it. But uh, I ended up discovering that it was, in fact, after all, after all the hoopla, it was, uh, it was a, a spider or insect that had crawled on the lens. Uh, and it, it looked it looked really weird because uh, the sunlight was catching it at this odd angle, um, and uh, it, it also okay. was um, it also was a bit removed from the the camera lens. So this is this is the this is the main reason why so many people said that it couldn't be an insect. They said, well, okay, well, if you have a camera and you put a bug on it or anything small, you get this dark, weird looking thing, but it doesn't look like what was recorded on the film. Um, and the answer was what I figured out was that uh, that the uh, the the uh, surveillance camera uh, was actually housed in an outer casing. Oh yeah. Uh, and so the bug wasn't wasn't walking along the lens of the camera. The bug was walking on the lens of the outer casing. Yeah. And so that just that inch or two of separation made uh, an otherwise ordinary spider <laughs> look like a ghost. Ah, very interesting. You know, that is that happens a lot, even on our ghost hunts. Bugs, <laughs> does, bugs yeah. can look like stuff, you know, and we look we look at them and go, no, that, that's a bug. <laughs> yeah, I can, though. It's really weird how they, they come across with a with a glow, you know? Yeah, and, and especially, you know, a lot of times you, one of the most important things, and this, this sort of goes back to psychology, is it's what you're psychologically primed for, right? And so yeah. you're expecting to see it. So this is why... You know, if you're in a in a haunted hotel or bed and breakfast or whatever else, and something weird happens, and you're thinking about ghosts, then you yeah. can say, "Oh, that must be the ghost." That is something you have to uh, to fight with every time you're in that kind of situation. You're right. <laughs> well, and the, the the ironic thing is that, and and I've seen this happen firsthand, is that is it in other contexts we wouldn't think of anything about it. So, mm-hmm. for example. You know, and uh, you know, there's been times, and we've all had times when all of a sudden we're just not feeling well, or we we forgot to eat, or we just suddenly get a headache. I mean, these are these are common, ordinary things. Yeah. It, it might happen while you're while you're at work, or while you're at the supermarket, or whatever else, or while you're commuting in traffic. Yeah. And if it happens during these mundane circumstances, you just shrug it off. It's oh, whatever. You know, I oh, I forgot to eat, or yeah. I mean, you know, whatever else. So you don't think anything about it. But if that exact same thing happens. At a haunted hotel, then oh, it's the ghost. It's something. It's like, well, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that that side of it. Yeah, as but there is another side that you know that we actually have had. Yeah, if somebody there, knocks their flashlight out of my hand when there's nobody there and I felt it. Right, then that's you know, different. You know, you know? There's something that's messing with you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, or 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 walks through you like it did me, but that's weird. Tell me. I want to talk about another case that you have solved, and it's kind of famous. I looked both of these up on the Internet, by the way, and and I watched these. But the Hispanic vampire El Chupacabra in 2010. This thing has been talked about, and people have seen it. They speculated that was what it was. It was a chupacabra and so on and so forth. I think it's a mangy dog or something like that myself, but 
But tell us about that, what you did that. It was in 2010. I think it's the Tasmanian Devil. Tasmanian Devil. Tasmanian Devil. <laughs> Going back to the Warner Brothers cartoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was... yeah, the uh, the Chupacabra, that's probably my best-known investigation. And uh, as you mentioned, I did a book on it in 2010 titled uh, Tracking the Chupacabra, the Vampire Beast in Fact Fiction Folklore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, the origin of that goes back to, as I mentioned earlier, my teenage interest in monsters and weird things, mm-hmm. uh, broadly speaking. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I grew up uh, hearing stories about, you know, the Loch Ness Monster and, yeah. and Bigfoot and this and that. Um, and I had done a couple investigations. In fact, one of my books is titled uh, Lake Monster Mysteries. So I, I did a book uh, with my mm-hmm. co-author, Joe Nickel, on uh, lake monsters around the world, in uh-huh. fact. Um, and then finally someone said, well, what about, what about the chupacabra? Um, I mean, it's basically in my own backyard, and I speak Spanish. And so um, there was a couple chupacabra sightings here in, here in New Mexico. And so I began looking into it. And for, the, for those who don't know, basically chupacabra means goat sucker in Spanish. Oh, And it's said really? to be a vampire. Yeah. And so... It's said to be this weird, mysterious creature. Uh, it, it takes different forms, and as Skip mentioned, that one of the one of the most common forms is basically a mangy dog. Yeah. Uh, but the earlier version, the the original version of chupacabra, is is much different, and I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but basically, it's this creature that many people in Latin America believe in. Uh, in in in. Uh, in, in Costa Rica, in, in Nicaragua, in Mexico, uh, Puerto Rico, and so on, and, and others around the world, but primarily in Spanish-speaking areas. Mm-hmm. And, again, the idea is that this creature sucks blood, so it's literally a vampire, and it attacks uh, mostly livestock. So we're talking chickens and goats and cattle and, and things like that. Um, and uh, so I was intrigued by this creature because... Well, for a couple of reasons. One is um, is that, as I mentioned, it's a vampire, and so um, and vampires are interesting. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So that that was inherently interesting. And the other part was that, unlike Bigfoot, for example, uh, which just leaves back leaves behind, say, you know, footprints or you know, ambiguous sightings overall. If the chupacabra is real and it's sucking the blood out of chickens and goats and these animals then there should be hard evidence, right? There should be, yes. we should be finding dead chickens and goats that have had their blood sucked out of them mysteriously, and the only answer is some weird chupacabra animal. So so that was part of what intrigued me about it, was that if this is real, if, if, these, if, these, if, if these sightings are actually of actual animals and this and that, then there should be the hard evidence. And so that sort of launched me onto about a five-year uh, investigation. So I, uh, I, I interviewed original witnesses. Um, I talked to a woman out in um, in Texas named Phyllis Canyon, who who calls herself the Chupacabra Lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm <laughs> that's just she calls herself that. I'm not me. That's not me being mean. <laughs> uh, and she she said that because she she found what she believes is a Chupacabra outside her ranch in Cuero, Texas. Oh yes, I think I saw a documentary on her. What was yeah. her last name? Uh, uh, Canyon, C-A-N-I-O-N. Yeah. She yeah. actually has it stuffed or something. But, yeah. 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 She's uh, she's this little spark plug of a woman. Yes. She's about four feet tall. She's got blonde hair. She yep. wears a red visor. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, we've seen yeah, that. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. seeing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I met her. Uh, I was actually out there for a TV show called Monster Quest. Mm. Uh, so I met her, and I saw her chupacabra. 
or what she what she thought yeah. was a chupacabra. What she calls, yeah. Um, and it later turned out to be a coyote. Um, uh-huh. But well, she she disputes that. Uh, even though they did DNA tests and it's clearly a coyote, she's like, well. And, I, and I'm, I'm trying to be nice to her. I'm like, you know, Phyllis, I, I know that you're, you've staked your reputation on this being a, a chupacabra, but the DNA says it's a coyote. And she says, well, okay, well, then maybe the chupacabra. She says, okay, she finally admitted that it was a coyote, but she said it's also chupacabra. Well, you know, didn't, didn't she say there was, like, some distance in the neck area that was not like a coyote or something i mean she yeah, had some she, dimensions on stuff yeah she were... tried yeah she said a couple things uh, uh she she was trying to make the argument that um that that the animal wasn't uh, a coyote even though of course the dna shows yes. it and it's it's i mean it's, it's clearly a canid so a yeah. canid is it's a dog or coyote fox things like that um so it's it's and you know part of the you know part of the answer is that when when these animals are afflicted with what's a disease called sarcoptic mange, it's caused by mm-hmm. skin mites and it causes the hair to fall out. Yes. I was right. Yeah, you okay. were. Right. Of course, you were right. Yeah. Um, and but, but but one of the one of the other side effects isn't just the hair falling out, although that's the most obvious one, but it has other other effects as well. So, for example, uh, sometimes it tightens the skin around the, the face and it makes uh, makes the mouth look bigger. Oh. Uh, and things like that, and it gives it gives the skin of sort of a gray cast and things uh-huh. like that. So, anyway, um, I, I did a whole book on it. Again, it's, it's like a three hundred page book. I can't I can't describe everything, but yeah. basically, um, so again, I, I interviewed eyewitnesses. Uh, I I traveled down to uh, to the the jungles of Nicaragua and Costa Rica, uh, looking for any populations down there, and I ended up going to uh, Puerto Rico and interviewing the original the original. I witnessed the very first person that ever saw a chupacabra. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really interesting. And it was this woman named Madeline, and um, I, I met her in in, uh, in, uh, in San Juan, in Puerto Rico. And she was the, the, very, the very first person ever <laughs> to see chupacabra. And I had, uh, her sighting was, um, was, was years back, but I went back and, and interviewed her. Um, and uh, it, was, it was interesting. I mean, she said... Uh, uh, her sighting was back in 1995, um, and I talked to her, and as it turned out, um, she uh, she had probably mistaken the chupacabra for a monster that she saw in a science fiction film. Oh, like the Wolfman or something, huh? Well, you know, it was it was a film called Species. Ah. Um, I remember that. Yeah, it, yeah, it had uh, it had uh, Michael Madsen in it, and Ben mm-hmm. Kingsley, and Natasha Henstridge. A tall, attractive Canadian model, uh, uh, and uh, in her human form, uh, it was this beautiful blonde. Uh-huh. But in in the monster form, uh, it was this spiky-backed alien-type creature, which is virtually identical to what uh, Madeline described in 1995. And as it happens, it's not a coincidence, but as it happens, the movie that she saw that has this chupacabra-like creature in it. Uh, uh, you know, she she saw that movie uh, just about a week or two um, after, uh, or a week or two before she her sighting. So mm. it was very clearly influenced um, by by the sighting. So that that in a nutshell, I mean, again, there's there's lots of different angles into it, but that's that's basically what happened. So I I talked to originally witnesses, I talked to scientists, I talked to uh, wildlife predation experts, 
uh, talked to medical forensics people who talked about, for example, if you have an animal that was attacked by a dog or coyote, they will go for the throat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is just this is what happens in ordinary predation. So uh, if there's wild dogs or coyotes, they don't they don't bite the arms, they don't bite the stomach, they go for the throat. Uh, and what that often does is it leaves a very mysterious-looking set of puncture marks, vampire-like, <laughs> if you will, yeah, right. right on the jugular vein. Um, and what, and the, this can seem very mysterious to people because uh, there's no other external damage. Mm-hmm. So somebody in Texas, for example, or in Mexico or somewhere else, will come upon this, this, this dead animal that's not torn apart, there's not blood everywhere. It, it, it would almost seem like it's sleeping, but it's obviously dead. And the only marks that are visible from the outside are two puncture marks on the neck. And, of course, everybody immediately thinks vampire. Right. Um, but what they're missing, and what you know when you, when you talk to medical pathologists and wildlife experts, is that what happens is that because they bite the neck, the animal dies from internal bleeding. So they, they're basically hemorrhaging on the inside, and that's how they die. Oh, and so. I see. So it's not that the blood is lost. It's not that the blood has been extracted by chupacabra or anything else. It's just that the animal died without bleeding out and died from internal internal bleeding, and mm-hmm. the blood is still in the body, but it's been coagulated, and you have to you would actually have to cut it open to find it. Oh. So this this sort of leads people to the mistaken assumption that, that some an, some vampire, specifically the chupacabra, has has attacked it. Mm-hmm. Makes total sense. But hasn't that rumor been around even before this lady? I mean, it's that been is an excellent s- question. That <laughs> is a brilliant question. Thank you. Um, You're it, no, it, it, you raise an interesting question. So here's the thing. So uh, when I've told people about my chupacabra research, and again, you can read it in my book and, and elsewhere, I've had people say to me, well, you know, that's all interesting and everything, but I heard about the chupacabra in the 1970s. Yeah. Or I heard about the chupacabra in the 1980s or else. And here's the problem. The problem is that um, when I've asked people for evidence of that, when I've said, that's interesting, w- you know, where, show me, they can't come up with anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I actually have a reward. <laughs> I've, I've actually, I've actually, I, I, this has been, been such an issue. And... And again, I'm not defensive about it. I, I'd love to find information showing that, that I'm wrong about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, again, I've had probably, I'm going to say a dozen people in the last few years who have politely, sometimes not politely, but usually politely, said, well, you know, yeah, your research is pretty good, but I think you're wrong about this because, you know, I heard about Chupacabra, you know, back in somewhere else. And I've always said, okay, I'm not saying you're wrong. All I'm saying is prove it. And by prove it, I mean show me a published reference. It can't just be, you know, I remember hearing my grandfather <laughs> yeah, say right. something. I, I, right. I can't do anything with that. So show me a published reference in a, in a magazine, in a newspaper, in a, in a folklore journal, anyway, in a diary. I don't care. Just somebody that, that, that uses the word chupacabra to describe a vampire beast uh, that's lurking around attacking animals. Mm-hmm. And and the the reward uh, last last time I uh, offered the reward it was five hundred dollars and the reward still stands. Uh, and if someone can again it can't just be you know I remember hearing mm-hmm. or they say it has to be, has to be a perfect. published reference that I can actually independently verify. I got one more question. Yeah. Um, since we know it's a coyote, 
uh, and coyotes are everywhere. Have we ever found anything that looks like what they're saying is a chupacabra in the northwest or any other part besides down by Mexico and Argentina and all that stuff? Well, here's the thing. So um, many of the chupacabras are coyotes, but not all of them are. Oh. And so, yeah, so what's happened is uh, is that the public's idea of what a chupacabra is has greatly expanded over the years. So, uh, as I mentioned, originally in 1995 and 96, after the first reports came out, mm-hmm. the chupacabra looked like, well, it looked like the, the monster in the movie Species. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was bipedal. It looked like a small human. It had spikes on its back, uh, had large eyes, uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. So if, if you watch the movie Species, that's, that's what the original chupacabra de- de- descriptions looked like. And then it changed in 2000. In 2000, there was this was the first time when the dead dog type things, the, the canids, right? So there was a, a rancher in Nicaragua uh, by the name of Jorge Talavera, and he found this dead dog on his property in in, in Managua, Nicaragua, and he believed that it had attacked his 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 cattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was the first time that somebody ever said, "Oh, here's this you know dead mangy dog coyote thing, and it's the chupacabra." But what's happened over the years since then is that because it's uh, it's it's such a well-known thing, is that people now call any dead animal that's weird or any dead thing they can't immediately identify oh. a chupacabra. Oh. So I've seen I've seen um, I've seen uh, 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 opossums called chupacabra. I've seen. Uh, the, the um, all sorts of different things. So it's a lot of them are um, a lot of them are these these uh, these uh, canid animals. But uh, basically anything weird uh, these days is going to be called a chupacabra. And so oh. yeah, so so that that's that's one of the the parts about it is that um, um, uh, again it's it's there's this sort of there's been this gradual expanding of what people think the chupacabra is. I see. Okay. Uh, some of them are raccoons. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had people send me photos of raccoons saying <laughs> it's oh, a chupacabra. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I, is there are there any cases you've investigated that you weren't able to explain or left you with the the impression that they were there might be something to them or they were real or however you want to say it. Or that they just simply can't disprove or prove it, like Maybe let's say a, a the ghost, Mothman. a ghost sighting, um, <laughs> the Mothman, yeah, or well, or some anything metaphysical, paranormal. Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. There's a couple answers to it. One of them is, uh, I mean, I've definitely had. There's, you know, in a lot of these stories and legends, and I'm not saying that they're all legends, but just in many of the cases, there are legends incorporated in them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a grain of truth to them. Um, there's not always, so it's it's a mistake to say there's always a truth to it, because there isn't always, but there often is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll give you one example. So I was in Newfoundland um, about, five, about five, ten years ago, uh, and I was investigating, uh, actually I was investigating giant squid, uh, because um, Newfoundland, Newfoundland is one of the places, along with New Zealand, mm-hmm. oddly enough, where giant squid wash up um, on the... Um, uh, on the shores, and they're often mistaken for sea monsters. Oh yeah. Uh, and while I was there, I was investigating a lake monster named Cressy. Oh in yeah. Lake, in Lake Crescent. Mm-hmm. I remember that. 
that it's a beautiful little place. I, mm-hmm. I, I love Newfoundland. It was just a, a adorable place. Uh, the accents were incomprehensible, <laughs> but the cod was excellent. And uh, and it, once you get past the frigid wind, it's beautiful. But anyway, um, uh, so I, I drove up to the place and and um, and I'd heard about this this lake monster. It's not real well known, but it's it's the main one in Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. And uh, I interviewed some people there, some local residents who talked to me about their sightings and. Many of them were, they weren't really the sort of stereotypical head and neck coming out of the lake uh, type thing. They are more sort of like um, laying flat on the water and sort of dark and maybe black. Right. Um, and um, a lot of the descriptions, frankly, resembled eels. Um, and not all of them did, but, but many of them did. And so at one point I, I talked to the guy there. I said, well, um, are there any eels in the lake he's like oh yeah there's big eels there's lots and lots of big eels and i said well um is it possible that you know cressy lake monster is a big eel he's like oh yeah that's possible i'm like well (laughs) you know okay i mean i'm not saying that it solves everything but i mean it's a lot of the explosives were were eel-like so so that's one example of where you know i mean you'd have to drain the whole lake which is impractical to 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 know definitively that nothing's there, but the most likely explanation, the scientific one, is is that the people are most likely seeing eels. Right. But in other cases, you know, I mean, I would say probably, I would say the 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 thing that I think there's probably most likely to be some truth to it, it would be intuition. Mm-hmm. And um, and again, I'm speaking from a, a psychology background and point of view. So mm-hmm. by intuition, I don't necessarily mean um, psychic powers. I don't necessarily mean precognition. I don't necessarily mean remote viewing. I just mean the ordinary sense of where we sometimes know something without knowing how we know it. Right. Right. Uh, and again, this is this is this is fact based in psychology. So I mean, this is uh, you, you know you and I can can disagree about whether there's good hard evidence for for you know telekinesis or you know or sure. Uh, sure. or you know. Uh, psychic mediums were else, but but this this is clearly the case and so uh, you know there are cases in which we 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 can know something without knowing how we know it and 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 it's just it's it's ordinary cues it's you know we see things all around us we don't always pay attention to them and so there are times when we can get a sense about something or mm-hmm. get a sense about somebody and they didn't explicitly tell us but we we picked it up from from something they said uh, subconsciously or the body language or something else, mm-hmm. and it can seem very mysterious and intuitive. So that's that would probably be uh, of all the things I've investigated. I think there's probably the good evidence for uh, for intuition. But again, not necessarily the sort of ESP, but something much more subtle. Right. And yes. Now you you've written like you said you're up to thirteen books now. But one of your oh, books. No, I just I just finished a book while we were talking. Okay, we're on fourteen. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you, you are, one of your books is called "How to Solve Unexplained Mysteries." Now, I read a little bit about that, and it seems like a very good book. So, if people out there listening, um, you should check out the books that Benjamin has written. And I want you to know, Benjamin, we have we we stopped all the commercials for the rest of the show, so we could continue this talk uninterrupted. So, um. I wanted to give as much information about your research and your findings as we could in this short time, especially on a couple of 
landmark uh, cases, I guess we could call them. But now, can I, I'm going to try and take advantage of you. No, that's I, okay. You're not the first person. Okay, I'm not expecting, I, I want it without the science behind it. I just want to know, after all of your experience, all of your knowledge, all of your research, all of your books, tell me, do you believe in these things that I'm going to ask you? Do you believe that they're real? Okay. Okay, Whether, I'll, 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 a lot of them, are, they're, they're more nuanced than yes or no, but I'll do my best. Yeah, and, and just give me the short, shortest version you can. Okay. Bigfoot. Uh, I don't believe Bigfoot is real. It's possible, but the, the likelihood of there being a, a large population of these large unknown animals in North America without leaving any bodies or anything else is uh, pretty remote. So okay. I would never say that Bigfoot doesn't exist. I would just say that the evidence so far uh, doesn't point that way. Okay, aliens. Aliens. Um, yes, I think that aliens do exist. I think that there is other intelligent life somewhere in the universe, uh, but I don't necessarily think that they have, you know, come to uh, come to Earth and, you know, built pyramids and probed hillbillies and, you know, yeah. made, made crop circles. Okay. Hmm. And and then one last one is psychic ability. Psychic ability. Um, that, that's, that's sort of like, that one's sort of like Bigfoot. I mean, it's a case where, mm -hmm. you know, there there's lots of people who have claimed it. Um, I've investigated many cases in, that, in which it was pretty clearly not psychic ability. Yeah. Um, so I would say probably not, but it, it's possible. I'm open to I'm open to uh, to better evidence. Sure. Now you, I got to say this: your entire talk today kind of backs up how we approach our work that we do in the metaphysical and the paranormal. And it's like it's probably something there, but we need to investigate it, and we need each need to learn about it for ourselves and find out. And look at it from a, a reality-based form. Absolutely. So I really appreciate talking with you today. I want to tell people how to get a hold of you. <laughs> hold on a second. Uh, it's funny you should mention that. I was actually in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, just w one week ago today for a, for a German TV show investigating Mothman. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, wow. I, I, was, I was actually just, just last weekend, I was on a TV shoot looking at the Mothman. Oh, do, wow. do we have any proof? Uh, no, and well, it's interesting when you go back and look at the original eyewitnesses. A lot of them described basically large birds. They talk about wings and yeah. and beaks and and, and yeah. eyes and things like that. Um, and it's sort of like the, the Roswell story, where the, the the longer away it is, the the more dramatic and embellished the stories are. Mm -hmm. So that's why, for example, today you see these really sort of muscular, big, weird-looking, you know, gargoyle-looking mothmen. Mm. But if you go back to the original eyewitnesses in 1966-67, that's not what they're describing. They're describing, in a, many cases, a bird. They yeah, they, they, they say, I, I saw a bird. So the question is, is it some unusual bird? Was it some mutant thing? I mean, whatever's going on there. So, or a pterodactyl or something? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, uh, but anyway, I, I'm actually still working on that right now. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I people can find me. I'm on Twitter at, at BT Radford. I'm on Facebook. Um, I have uh, different blogs and this and that. As you mentioned, I'm on TV now and then. Um, yeah, so I, again, I, I also have a podcast uh, called Squaring the Strange. Mm -hmm. uh, with me that. and another co-host, co and it's a, it's a 
uh, twice, a, twice a month podcast. We sort of talk about the issues of the day, and we sort of go in-depth into some of the investigations. So you can find me at uh, Squaring the Strange and social media and elsewhere. And um, I, I appreciate getting a chance to talk to you all. I, uh, I, I think that too often in today's world, we tend to block out people who we assume we won't agree with. Yeah, or yeah people so who, true. Right. We, we just, uh, oh, well, you know, you're a believer, you're a non-believer, you're this, you're that, and I'm not going to yeah. have anything to do with you. Yeah. And I'm always saying, no, I, you know, I, I have really good friends who we, 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 we disagree on a couple things, but that doesn't mean that I don't like and respect them. It just means that. Sure. Exactly. And so uh, we, we often learn more about ourselves from talking to other people who, who we disagree with. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yes. And, yeah. you know, we got to give your website, too. It's Benjamin Radford, R-E-D-F-O-R-D, BenjaminRadford.com. And me. That's you. We and, gotta talk to him again. Yes, we might have to have you on on some specifics, more specifics in the, I'd love in the to. near future. Okay, great. Absolutely, we'll, we'll, we should we'll, we'll have talk a, about test you for psychic. <laughs> yeah, yeah we could. We could talk about psychic detectives, and in fact, uh, I'm oh, not, yeah. I, I to, to be honest with you, I'm actually just uh, at, at, just before you called, I was working on an article about Teresa Caputo, the oh. Long Island psychic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I uh, I don't want to give any spoilers, but. I'm a little skeptical. Okay. Well, whatever. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Well, again, All fair. I'll give you my opinion. Th- <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Thank you, Benjamin, for talking with us. It's been a real pleasure, an eye opener, and you've passed a lot of information to people and maybe helped them look at things in a better way or the correct way. Exactly. Well, I, I hope so. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Thank you, and we'll talk again soon. Yes, let's do it. All okay. right. Thanks. Bye bye. Wow, that was an amazing interview. I like that. I that, could talk forever on this stuff. That was great. Hey, we've got just a few minutes left. We, like I said, we skipped all of the, yeah. our commercials for the rest of the show. Well, except so, for Ginger. Except for Ginger. Yeah, well, we'll we did Ginger. Well, we did. Yeah. Oh, well, is she first having ones. a special thing on this weekend? Yes, and we'll talk about that. Okay. But we have to do that one certain time of the week, Eric, where it's time for what? Here we go. It's Sharon's Joke of the Week. Oh, we can't forget All right, that. If Benjamin still listen, this is for him. That was an awesome <laughs> interview. I like him. Okay, so what turkey, Eric, what, what does the turkey dance do on Thanksgiving? What, well, does, you know, what does the turkey dance to on Thanksgiving? I'll get it out. Oh, what does the turkey dance to? Uh-huh. So I like the song. Uh-huh. Uh, I would guess turkey in the straw. Uh-huh, turkey trot. <laughs> All righty. What do you call a turkey without feathers? Dinner. Dead. Dead. Turkey <laughs> dinner, that's right. All righty then. <laughs> okay. I got only one more to go. You ready for this? Yep. I'm not very photogenic. Of course, if people on the streaming can see that, they'll understand that statement. But um, I'm really not very photogenic because every time we get together to take a picture, you know, and everybody says, smile or cheese, I go, where? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Who doesn't like cheese? Yes. That was a cheesy joke. It, it was, was very, very cheesy. cheesy. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. That's all right. Okay. We're going to move. We enjoy right. cheesy jokes on you, this show. You want a groaner? Okay. Give us okay. a groaner. Here's, here's the groaner. groaner. All right. <laughs> I burnt my Hawaiian pizza today. You what? I burnt my Hawaiian pizza today. Uh huh. Uh huh. Seared pineapple. Well, I should have cooked it on. A lower temperature. A lower. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> All right, we're moving right into Skip's corner <laughs> here right. with my my questions. 
I'm going to try to stump Eric and Sharon. We should have kept Benjamin on and tried we to stump him. We should have. He'd probably blow us away because he knows a lot well, of stuff. Probably, yeah. So how many players are there in a baseball team? You mean you mean how many people are on a team? How many players are there in a baseball team? Well, we were just talking before the show how I am just not into sports at all. <laughs> so this my guess, and I even played baseball as a kid, so I should yeah. know this. But I say eight. Yeah, I think it's nine. It's nine. Yeah, there's nine players in a baseball team. <laughs> Only nine can play. All there right. might be thirty on the team. I retained some knowledge. That's right. <laughs> okay. All right. Which I gotta the, think the, about that one. The beaver is the national emblem of what country? The beaver. Canada. Uh, yeah, I think Canada might be right. You're right. <laughs> there are seven red stripes in the United States flag. True or false? Seven red stripes? Mm-hmm. I think that's true. She's counting them out in her head. I think there's six. Nope. There are seven. Go back to the original colonies. Ten commandments! <laughs> Thomas Jefferson was the second president of the United States. Basics uh, here. This is first grade. Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson was the second president of the United States. That's true. I think it's true. False. Oh. Who was it? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, who was the second president? I thought it was I thought it was Jefferson. I, but, uh, no. I'm blank. Franklin? Well, You'll no, have Franklin to look wasn't it up president. <laughs> I know he wasn't president. I'll be in front No bird can fly backwards. True or false? I say it's false because I think a hummingbird like a helicopter could go backwards. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm with her on that one. You're both right. All right. Here's the good one. Freddy Krueger is the villain in the Friday the 13th movies. True or false? False. Yes. True. False. It's false. All right. Freddy Krueger? You guys both kind of... What do you mean, Freddy? That's the guy with the mask, right? Yeah. He, he was is. in Friday the 13th. You guys No, both... he wasn't. <laughs> and you he could... didn't have a mask. He wasn't in Friday the 13th. <laughs> he was in the Nightmare on Elm Street right. series. You both... Well, you both... And John Adams was the second president. I... Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> I would never have got that one. That you one. Both... Are you... Well, I tell you, if you want to mess up with my mind with technical issues and, and true stuff, then You both kind of suck equally. Hey, okay. <laughs> I did better this time than all the previous we times combined. Yes. You know, I am going to look at you, Eric, as a real sportsman now. Because a real sportsman? He, because he's into sports now. He's, he's got into that sports. right. He nailed it. So. What do you, he, he said what? Nine. Does that include the guy that's hitting the ball? Yeah. Yes. Well, he's not on the same team. On the other, he's still got nine on that team, nine players, both, both teams. Ten commandments. The same. All right, we okay. gotta go. No, we're we're really short on time. We gotta fantastic. go. This is the Psychic Spectrum Radio Show. Thank you all for listening. And <laughs> we, next next week we have another guest out. It will blow you away even more woo. than the guest we had today. Okay, we love you all, and you know what? It's a wonderful world. Love you, Daddy. <laughs>